Hello and welcome fellow sovereigns. And yesterday I talked about the fact that we're in a changing world and not to be surprised if our passions change, not quite daily, but way more often than they used to. And the things that we're absolutely hooked on, fascinated with, somehow they're falling away and new desires, new interests, new passions uh, arising. And it's almost like for some people, it feels like we're out of control because I used to be this person and suddenly, ah, how, how did I become this person? I never used to be interested in that. And now I'm, so there's a whole lot of change going on. And so just to put some facts to it, because what's happening is that we are in the change. If you like, there's this wave going along and we're in it. We're surfing along the wave. And so we don't notice the change so much compared to someone who's above and watching the wave happening. So we're in it. And we know that change is happening, but it doesn't feel it's happening quite as much as it actually is. So just a couple of four little facts that will give you an idea of what's going on. So back in Roman times, 2000 years ago, the average lifespan of a Roman was 25 years. And the average Roman experienced no political, social, technological change in their lifetime. They were born when there was the wheel, and they died when there was a wheel. They were born when there was Caesar, whoever he was, and they probably died with the same emperor. So the average Roman experienced no change, essentially. And then in the Middle Ages, which is around the 1600s, the Middle Medieval, I think, so that's about 500 years ago. The average lifespan was 50 years. So in 1500 years, we've gone 25, we've doubled our lifespan. So in medieval times, the lifespan was about 50 years. That's how long we lived. And the average person experienced one major social, political or technological change. It might be a war. It might be a new monarch, something. One change. And then in nine, around 1900, which is around just over 200, 100 years ago, the average lifespan was 70 years. And the average person experienced about three changes in their lifetime 100 years ago, 120. Now they say that our average lifespan is closing in on 90 years. And we're experiencing three major social, political, or technological changes per year. So that's about 200, yeah, 270 changes per lifetime. So in 2000 years, we've gone from zero change per year to 500 years ago, which is one change per lifetime, to 100, so 100 years ago, three changes per lifetime, and now are experiencing 270. And so <laughs> once we put some numbers to it, it makes it go, well, bloody hell. No. <laughs> That's exactly what's going on. And so our structures and the way we do things are absolutely changing. For example, when I was in England, I worked for a small, time, small length of time for a brewery. 
that had been in the same family for 600 years. And that's really straight. So that was in 2009. That's most unusual because they say that nowadays most school leavers will experience between seven and nine major occupational changes. So there won't be promotions from assistant accountant to accountant or to from, I don't know, nurse to matron. That's not an occupational change. They'll go from being an accountant to a matron to a grave digger to a truck driver to a politician. So most school leavers now can look forward to perhaps having around seven to nine major changes in their lives. And that makes planning our life a whole lot different from what it was 600 years ago. And so we have these things called career, whatever they are. We, you go to a career person. I don't know, career something. Um, and, and you figure out what kind of career you used to have. I don't know if they still exist, but they used to in my day. And you go along and you try and figure out what you want it to be. With the presumption that you're going to be one thing for the rest of your life. Now, <laughs> if these career advisors, that's what they were, career advisors are still around, they need to go because the world has changed and we cannot plan for one occupation anymore. It's just not what, not, it's not what's going to happen. And yeah, sure, some people will do one thing all their lives, but most of us are going to be going in quite major changes in our lives. So how do you deal with that? Because we can't plan one future. It's ever-evolving. So I'm going to give you an idea, and I'll start with a, an example from the idea of buying a house. So when we're buying a house, we might go to the real estate agent and say, what I want is a brick house with a tile roof and three bedrooms and two bathrooms and a large, in New Zealand we call them decks, but people get mixed up with that in another word, a large balcony and... Uh, a quarter acre and that, all, you know, all the physical things we want. So we list, I want this and this and this in my house. And what we'll probably end up with is a wooden house with a, I don't know, an iron roof and <laughs> four bedrooms and uh, an eighth of an acre or something. <laughs> uh, poor real estate agents. I don't know how they deal with that. So we can do that. We can say what we want in a physical sense. Now, a friend of mine introduced me to the idea. So Sue in Whangarei, she, when she's looking at a new house, she does the physical stuff, just the practical, how many bedrooms or whatever. But she also gets really clear in herself about what emotions she want, wants to feel when she's going home or when she's at home or when she's thinking about her house. So it might, So she will perhaps come up with safe, a sense of safety and maybe a sense of fun and lightness and joy and um, that feeling of home, a feeling of being at home. That, that's a feeling that the Dutch call geselach, that coziness. Um, so, and Suze reckons that every time she does the emotional uh, list of requirements, she gets them. So we can probably apply that to desi designing or deciding 
<laughs> on our next occupation because the the function that we are going to be doing may well change very quite quickly much quicker than it used to so what we can do with our career planning rather than saying i want to work with animals i want to work with people i want to work with old people i want to be in the music business i want to be in the uh, b uh, finance business i want to be in the so they're kind of in a sense like a house other the physical things we want around us animals business finance children whatever and it's not wrong to do that that's fine but we can also add the emotional element and so when we're thinking about our job when we're going to work each day when we're at work how do we want to feel do we want to feel that lovely collegial fellowship of other like-minded humans around us where we're commu um, communicating and, and cooperating and, and all that juicy human stuff do we want to feel that do we want to feel on edge a bit do we like the excitement of, of what's next that unexpected so so what do we you know or some people like the comfort or some people like just a crazy mad fun um kind of vibe so when we're thinking about our occupations knowing they're going to change and we're probably going to change as well in ourselves which is actually what's going to happen anyway <laughs> we can perhaps come back to the emotions that are probably going to last a little bit longer so we can have that collegial feeling whether we're being a vet or being an, an accountant or being a, a grave digger or being i don't know whatever some people love the feeling of being their own master and their own in their own little world and that could be many things from truck driver to um you know singer in a band uh working on your own at home it, being a doctor in your own little surgery so those feelings there could be many whatever the feeling is there can be many different physical functions coming off those so it's just another way of thinking about our future of planning our future and we can do this with buying houses we can do this with choosing occupations we can do this with choosing communities where do i want to live um, because i have this eternal problem that wherever i am i love it i love where i am at the moment it's a beautiful spot i could live here and before i was in another town and before that i was in another town and before that i was in another country and so it comes back to the emotion comes back to the the sense of whatever that is that sense of place and what defines that sense of place for you will be a kind of an emotion whether it's an exciting thing and that might mean you're drawn to some sort of part of a city or it might be peaceful and quiet and so you know i remember quite a few years ago my wife and i i wanted to have a property out in the country in you know, a few acres da, 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 da. 
And so we went looking. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell the story, but here we go. Anyway, so we went looking. We went out in the country and we looked at all the... In New Zealand, we call them lifestyle blocks, which are sort of anything from an acre to 10 acres, I suppose. They're not viable as a farm economically, but it's like people want to pretend they're mini farmers, whatever. So we went looking everywhere. We went to every area within about 40 miles, I suppose. And I was ever mindful that I was also working in town. And so was she. And so everywhere I went, I just <sighs> didn't feel right. And so on the second sort of series of excursions we went out, the second weekend, I was getting a little bit mm -mm, grumpy because I couldn't find my... I wanted something in the country. So eventually, Tina said, okay, okay, Philip, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> yes, but stop, stop. She said, what is it that you want that the country has, that being out, in, out of town? Well, it doesn't matter because I shut up, shut up, she says. Yeah, I finally calmed down. <laughs> okay, so I had a think. And I like the idea of peace. I like the idea of not seeing any neighbours. I did like the idea of having, because I didn't want to be on a farm miles away. So I want to be near facilities because, you know, there's lots of groups that I was a member of. And so music groups and yoga and uh, writing groups and all sorts of things that I wanted to get to as well. So that meant probably being near a town. So I wanted the access to community groups, if you like. I wanted the peace and quiet and to come home and just have greenery. Greenery is really important for me. And water. And not to see a neighbour. And so they were the kind of main things that I, I came up with at the time. So she said, okay, if we can have those four things, access to communities, Peace and quiet, greenery, water, oh, five, no neighbours. If we could find it in town, and of course I butted in, you can't get that in She said, if we can find it in town, would you be happy? <laughs> okay. Because my ego was fighting with us. I wanted something out in the country. Now she's kind of suggesting that's a possibility in town. So anyway, and uh, within a week we found a place in town that was just, it was really uh, seven minutes drive to the centre of the city. It was overlooking the estuary, we could see water, and it was absolutely surrounded by trees, and we couldn't see a single neighbour because of the abundance of trees. And it was at the end of a cul-de-sac, it was quiet, quiet as a, here a pin drop. And so we bought this place. It was just beautiful. And then a whole lot of other nice things came out of it. We had amazing neighbours. And, and it was just, yeah, it was just a wonderful place. When I dropped the, the physical, physicality demands and went to the emotion, and it seemed illogical to have all of these motions in the city, but there they were. And so we found this wonderful house, and yeah, it was beautiful. So we can do that with where we want to live in a, in a larger sense, and we can do that with our individual property, if you like, and we can do that with our careers. We can do that with 
the kind of people we want to be around? What's the emotion we want to feel with our tribe? So it's just an idea for the day, for the year, for the rest of your life, however changingly it's going to be, however long, whatever. Um, yes. So what do I wish you? I wish you a wonderful list of emotional requirements, emotional needs that you have, and that they may be translated into something tangible that comes your way. And I bless you and all who sails in her.